on this week's podcast, I'm absolutely honoured to have this guy. I've been following for a very long time. That's Andrew Tracy, who's not only on the front cover of the Men's Health magazine, which was the first time I saw this guy, he's also a fitness editor. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, having me. And you're making me blush a bit there at the <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I said I've been waiting for this for a very long time, so I really appreciate your time today. And I think a good place to start would be maybe go back to when you very first started. What got you into fitness? Um, to be honest, I, I tell this story loads, so I'll try and keep it as short as I can. <laughs> but I didn't play any team sports growing up. I was not interested in, in sport at all. I was fairly athletic through, through doing kind of... Um, kind of non-organized sports i would skate i would bmx i would do all that kind of stuff uh, you know all all stuff that teenagers that grow up in council estates do run away from security guards and all that stuff so i was i was athletic you know i was i toe rag fitness i call it um, but i wasn't interested in sports whatsoever and when i was 16 i, li- I took a job in a gym and it, it, i had no interest in the gym whatsoever it was just a job that came up front of house or what you know behind the counter whatever you'd call it and i took it for beer money as you do at 16 yeah. like it was just something to do which is ironic now when i look at it's funny to look back retroactively at what you know my life is now built around this industry and i was just like i just need money for a tins at a weekend <laughs> um and yeah so i took this job in the gym and it was a real and no disrespect, it was a real spit and sawdust like bodybuilding gym. We're going back yeah. to like 2006 now. So it's long, you know, it was a while, it was a long time ago. And it was the best place I could have possibly started because it wasn't a particularly big gym. It was pretty hardcore in the evenings during the, you know, in the mornings. It just had people's mums and nans came in and sort of <laughs> did their, inc- their incline walk and loved them. Uh, but in the evenings, it was kind of all of the, how can I put it, like all of the faces in, in the town I grew up in. So it was all of the doorman and it was yes. like, it was just these, all these just, as you can imagine, just all these huge tattooed like guys. And I was like 16. I'm, not, I'm naturally such a small built guy as well. So yeah. I was like 16 years old, weighed like, you know, I'd probably 50 kilos with rocks in my pockets. Uh, <laughs> it must have been the same as me with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just in this environment that could have been so intimidating, but I found out these guys in this setting, bear in mind, I'm 16 as well. So I'm at that age where I'm starting to like go out of an evening and like try and get to nightclubs and stuff. So I kind of knew these guys from around and they were like scary dudes to me. Yeah. And then being in this setting with them, in this fitness setting, and this is something I think about all the time now, and it's carried through my entire like career. They were completely different. These mm. were the nicest people in the world. They just wanted to help you to enjoy the thing that they enjoyed being fitness. Yeah. So I'm, I was like this tiny kid training with these. Like they'd be like, "Oh, do you, you know, do you want to jump in on a session?" And that you know, we're talking. These guys are like bench pressing 180 kgs, and every time I've got to do a set, we've got to take six plates off just for me, just for me to do my, just for me to do my like three reps. Um, but yeah, it was it was an amazing, amazing kind of uh, baptism into the industry. And I was like, wow, I love this. Not having not played team sports, perhaps being in this environment was the first time I'd really felt that feeding of like camaraderie. Um, so yeah, I'm in there all day. I'm in there like 10, 12 hours a day. So I just started reading everything I could. There was a, there was a ton of material in the gym, uh, you know, books, reference books, textbooks. I started to take um, the you know the very first online courses as they were coming up, yes. and I went and qualified. I went away, got my PT cert very young, started coaching when I was when I was kind of like seventeen, eighteen, 
and uh the rest is history really i mean that that was it i mean i would to kind of i was always obsessed with wanting to be really good at this thing and wanting to understand yeah. how everything works so i would offer anyone that came from the door if i if i knew i chat to everyone but if i knew these guys were just kind of going for the motions yeah i would be like hey look i've seen this thing or i'm studying this like concept do you want do you want me to do some programming for you so i had this like great um depth of work like uh starting to rise where people were like yeah sure like put me something together and then yeah. i would just observe how this how these people would react to these different things which is great and i recommend anyone to do that any any pc starting out when you start out you know you might only have three four five clients yeah. it's not a huge it's not a huge body of work especially if you're only seeing them once twice a week so i would say go away and offer in any capacity you can to get as much feedback as possible from other people beyond yes. just your clients. And that will help you build that confidence experience and learn what is and isn't working. Um, from there, I, I live in like a, well, I lived in a town just outside of London and quite a normal, I guess, like career trajectory would be yeah. for people there would be, oh, I'm going to go get a job in town. So I went out, I started working in the city. I did that for a while in, in big commercial gyms. And it really just did sap the life out of it for me. It would be mm. very different now. I'm a very different person, but I was very young. I was very petulant and I was kind of, I really didn't like this corporate environment. And it it's absolutely sapped the life out for it for me. And the, the thing that was the actual the death now really was that previously I'd been obsessed with continuing my learning, continuing my training, honing my yeah. craft. And now I'm in this place where everything is, you know, it's the capital mm. city. I, you know, I could swing a cat and I could hit a seminar where someone you know where someone was coming to talk yeah and in the beginning i was like this is amazing but then it was burning me out so much i didn't want to do this stuff mm. i didn't want to go and take advantage of this stuff and you know even the gyms i was working in had great um extracurricular training programs that they would encourage you to do which initially were, i'd be picking people's brains all the time um i would go to every sort of um uh you know educational thing i could and by the time i didn't want to do it i was like I need to decide whether working in this setting and, you know, earning the money or whatever it is you think that you want is worth losing yeah. my, worth losing my love for fitness. And yeah. I had some stuff going on in my personal life as well. And it was all just kind of a big, um, how can I put it? I had a bit of a crisis to be honest, yeah. if I'm completely authentic, like I'm being completely sort of transparent about it. I had a big crisis and I was like, I'm going to go and do something else for a while and just rejig um kind of how i'm feeling i kept in touch with some of my clients and i was still doing remote programming for them for them and i went to work in the in the events industry my dad had worked there right. previously as rigor and he was like yeah just you know just go and do some go and do some work in the events industry you'll travel the country it'll give you a chance to clear your head yes yeah um and that, that was supposed to be like six months i thought i'll go do a summer of that i'll keep doing my remote programming to keep my toe in i'll start going back to seminars blah 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 this was like 2011, I want to say. Yeah, it's 10 and, years and then, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm still in the events industry. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to, it was supposed to be six months. Um, but yeah, the Olympics came up and I had, I'd worked myself with the company I was in. I'd worked myself into a reasonably good role and the Olympics came up. So I had some good like management positions there and it was super exciting. And for me, it kind of coalesced and it, it was it was on that nice Venn diagram between yeah. The, what I was doing at the time, but still being involved in sports. And it's funny, obviously 2021 Tokyo is on now. 
and I was watching some of the stuff and I was actually getting quite nostalgic just last night I was watching skateboarding and I was thinking how privileged I was to have been yeah. in London for that whole thing like I was for the duration of the Olympics I stayed more or less on site yes. so I got to I got to stay in the athletes village and it was incredible so what yeah. I'm so glad as as a non-athlete that's like something we're never going to experience that so that crazy. was super yeah. cool but uh, anyway back to training I had really stopped training because I was working, you know, in events, you're traveling everywhere. You, you're yeah. staying in like the, the cheapest hotels the office can find. Uh, like you don't have cooking facilities. You're living on like hot noodles and hot dogs. Yeah. And uh, I was just, I was like, well, I guess I don't, I don't work out now. The job's super physical anyway. So yeah. you're always going to tick those boxes of, you know, physiological kind of well-being. Yeah. But I lost, I'd lost a ton of weight. I didn't really, I, didn't, I looked at, okay, I guess. Um but yeah, and I think one day, I don't think there was really an epiphany, but I think one day I was like, oh, I need to start training again. Yeah. I've got to do something. And initially the first little bit was, was it the Olympics? I was a, a manager on the Riverbank Arena. That was the, the hockey stadium. And I had like a container in there and I had like a, a hammock that I made hanging up because I'd be there for like 24 hours sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'd just grab a little nap there. And then I made like a punch bag and I just brought in some odd objects like sandbags and stuff. And I started just training in this container which felt good. It felt really good yeah. to get back into it. And then that all finished. And I went back out on the road and that was when, and at this point, by the way, I'm still doing some remote programming. Yes. I've got back, I've got back into going to ongoing like further education and kind of uh, spending time immersed with coaches and stuff. So You've I almost was, started I was, getting your mojo back at this point and you're yeah, slowly coming exactly, back. Yeah, exactly that. And then I was kind of like, well, I was thinking about all the people you know, particularly the the men of our, of our kind of age who are in a similar position, they travel for work or they work a really manual job and they kind of think like, oh, you know, I can't work out. Yeah. And I, I realized that I was really privileged to have the experience I had in fitness and the education I have in fitness and that I should be using that instead of just being one of those guys going, oh, yeah, you don't need, you know, you can't do that after a day of graft. Mm. I needed to actually do something about it. So I started um you know literally just training in hotel car parks uh it's funny like accruing a little bit of kit bit by bit and i'm a sucker for a story yeah so like every bit of kit i had i had like a weird little like my first set of gymnastics rings don't tell anyone this <laughs> um a, a school closed down like just up the road from where i lived it closed down and then someone i don't even know how it came up someone randomly just said to me oh do you know the uh the door to the sports hall in that school it's just wide open I was like, oh, is it? And I literally, <laughs> ran, I ran, funnily enough, it's the school that my daughter's going to now. They've torn it down and rebuilt it. But anyway, so I like, I went for a run one night and I ran in and I was like, oh yeah, the door's open. And I literally climbed the rope and took these gymnastics rings and I still got them to this day. That was like my first set of rings. So I'm like, right, they're coming with me. And then, you know, I, I bought a rope off some guy and I, I like, we were doing some work on a showground and there was like an auto jumble there. And there was this guy called Chippy. He's chippy or chappy, I can't remember, but he looked like a pirate. Do you know when someone's <laughs> so brown? Do you know when someone's so brown that you know they've never seen the shade in their life? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had no top on, he had these cut on denim shorts, and I bought this big length for anyway. I love a story about a bit of kit me. So I was just buying bits and bats and I was training in these car parks, and I, I you know, I was like, right, can I backwards engineer these principles, like these methods that I know that work? Yes. So, you know whether it's, you know, can I do German volume training with just body weight, some rings and a kettlebell? And mm. can I put some, you know, put some timber back on? Cool. 
um, you know, can I get to a decent body composition training like this? Cool. Can I get my fitness level up quite high? Cool. Um, and I, I started kind of documenting it on Instagram and, uh, you know, people seem to be interested, I think, yeah. because I was providing an, an alternative, uh, you know, an alternative route for people that didn't. And this is kind of like my, I guess my, um, my website is literally called you are not your gym membership. Yeah. And the idea is that I think people can get so swept up in, and this, this is more that this is bigger than the gym. This is just everything. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of that, that idea that things, well, it is, it's literally a line kind of paraphrase from, from fight club, Chuck yes. fight club, that the, the things you own end up owning you because yeah. if you would like, as we spoke before you press record and, people get so used to the fact that well the gym is where i go and do my fitness yeah. then when they can't when they can't get to the gym they're like well you know i guess i'm not doing fitness anymore and i think i was maybe just presenting this alternative viewpoint but i was, I was doing it like the really extreme end of the spectrum where i literally had nothing yeah. i was in like service station car parks in you know in wakefield at nine o'clock at night dragging my van through like the lorry park and doing <laughs> kettlebell swings doing kettlebell swings and pull-ups, which I spent, I, you know, I guess I, I was fortunate in the fact that as horrible as it, not as horrible as it was, I loved it, but as like weird as it was, yeah. I guess it does look quite cool. Yeah. Um, people are like, oh, what, you know, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Um, it's so kind yeah, of like two ends, isn't it? It's like, it would be one group going, I'll never do that. And another group going, what's this kid doing? I want to be doing this, you know? Well, that, that, that's kind of what, you know, it was never deliberate because I, I find it very cheesy when people say things like, oh, I set out to inspire because I just think just, be yourself yeah and pe people will be attracted to what they like but i guess my my thing was and I, i'm not one of these guys i'm not one of these coaches that's like oh no excuses because i've just you know i'm not wired like that but mm. i guess what i tried to do was set a precedent for look if i can be you know it, it's pissing it down with rain i'm in huddersfield around this the back of this like service station fire exit trying to learn muscle ups like you can do some burpees in your living room yeah surely i guess that was it and then i i i re i resat some certifications just so i could get insurance in case i wanted to go back into coaching because i was kind yeah. of up and down but by also by this point i'd started my own business and events as well mm. what so year would this have been now i'm asking the question here <laughs> <laughs> oh we might i don't know i think i've i think i've just covered like three or four years yeah at this point so maybe 2014 at this point yeah i was thinking it sure might be around that if you were starting to do the instagram posts yeah, the, yeah about it that. Like, sounds about that yeah 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 and then i i think um another another fitness magazine sort of contacted me and they're like oh we want to share your workouts and we want to share what you're doing so um i won't name it but it's the other it's the other big one um <laughs> And I went on the cover of that and I had like a double page spread in that every month, just sharing these workouts you could do anywhere if you wanted to. Um, so that was, that was, that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I mean, I carried on running a business and events, but then I, I was very much then back in, in, in fitness and kind of treading both, doing a lot of writing, doing a lot of programming. Um, I, my, my brothers worked for me. It was kind of a family business and events. So it wasn't something I could just walk away from. Yeah. And then, Eventually, I, I started doing events and, and things like that. And then I was offered that I was a contributor for men's health for many years, just like, you know, contributing stuff. And they, they offered me the position as, as the fitness editor. I guess as without trying to think too deep into it, I guess as 
kind of maybe someone who's got a little bit of a, a different perspective yeah. and has to, and has taken and this is again something I would advise if they have if you're in a position to do this as a coach if you've come straight out of college or school whatever it is and you've gone into personal training it really is worth as almost as like an apprenticeship almost as like a bit of an experience go and get a job like another job outside where you're not in the gym you know, maybe it's something physical or maybe it's just, you know, it's something where it's intense and it's all day and it takes yeah. a lot of thinking and then see how you think, see what you think about training. Yeah. And then I think that's a way, great experience. I totally agree with that. Yeah. It completely reframes how you empathize with your clients Yeah, because it's really easy in this industry to be con- completely consumed by it. Mm, and you, yeah it's hard then to remember that it's not it's not the be all and end all for some people for some people it's simply a means to an end and i always yeah. say to people it's like cars if you absolutely love cars you're going to think about what car you buy you're going to be like oh i need yeah. to make sure it's this and i need to make sure i need to make sure i get the two liter and it's you know i need this trim and blah blah blah, blah. it's got to be the 16 valve some people just want to drive to work in the morning and they're just like, yeah. just give me a car that's not going to break that's down. A, that's a great point, actually. Yeah. And it yeah. it's the same. It's the same with fitness. Like some mm-hmm. people, I see some PTs, and they they they've got this real hardcore message of yeah. like, um, you've got to put in the work. You need to take some responsibility for yourself. Cool. That's you know, hundred percent true. Big belief in personal responsibility. But maybe you, as a trainer, should meet them where they are. Yeah. And understand that it's not. They don't want to go overnight and turn yeah. into you. You know, they don't, they want, they, you know, some people perhaps may have goals that are beyond what their willingness to commit is. I think, I think that's true for a lot of people. Like if you are, if you ask most guys, like just straight away, like, oh, what do you want to look like? Yeah. I would say a good 80% of people would name someone or describe a physique that is perhaps beyond the level of commitment they're willing to put in. Yeah. But you can help someone find the the best version that they're yeah. going to get to with their level of commitment and a way yeah. to do it. I think that's the trick. And I don't, I think if you've always just been in fitness, maybe you don't realize that not everyone is in as into it as you are. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. And I, I, I when I relate, I, I went into so many different jobs before I got into fitness and that made me be able to relate to so many different people and be able to adapt the programs around what I think is realistic for their for what they yeah, want, yeah. of course, but also what they're realistically going to do. Because it's almost like, for example, our hierarchy of what we see fitness might be quite high up there. But for someone mm-hmm. else who just does a standard nine to five job, maybe an office job where fitness isn't a passion of theirs, they know they need to do it. But in terms of a hierarchy of where that falls, it might be quite far down the list. So if you yeah. get it up a little bit and they're able to get that health and fitness result, what they need, I would say, then that's going to be the job, isn't it? That's you doing your job in that sense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like, I think with PTs, you can't, with trainers or coaches, whatever it is that have that attitude, a conversation I have quite a lot of them is just reframe it to something else and that, and just show them the mirror. And one I find really easy is like, why aren't you a millionaire? All you need to do is save your money and earn more money and spend a bit less and have some more revenue streams. Why aren't you a millionaire? And, you know, you could do it. And that's the same as us turning around to someone and being like, why aren't you 8% body fat? All you need to do is prep your meals, you know, up your up your uh, knee and be doing some metabolic resistance training six times a week. Why aren't you ripped? And it's, well, because their priorities don't align with that. 
and yeah. it's the same for you know it's, it's it's easy on paper isn't it yeah yeah but um and uh, i think a lot of there, there's a big oh what's the word i'm looking for there's a shame or there's like a taboo around saying i just can't be bothered like and but the, that's the truth with a lot of things for a lot of people yeah, yeah. and it the, nobody wants to say it so we end up in this excuse matrix mm. and one of the best one of the best things that i ever did in my life for my own i guess for my own mental health was be comfortable with saying because i can't be fucked today <laughs> i can't be but I, that's why because otherwise what happens is you someone says or you know you think i've got to do this and in your head you're like right give me 10 reasons why i can't do that yeah and if yeah. you're always looking for those reasons you'll always find them 100 and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go looking for an excuse you'll find it and yeah. that but that then becomes the trap yeah because all you all you ever see then is the excuse like because your mind yeah. will then you trained your mind to instantly run to the excuse yeah. to instantly go but i'm tired but um i've got to pick my daughter up at four o'clock yeah. but I'll only have 20 minutes. Like you get all these butts and I, this is so cheesy and it's so simplistic, but the easiest rewire is just to shift from what you haven't got to what you have got. Yeah. And instead of like, I'm tired and I've got to go pick my daughter up for o'clock. It's like, I'm a little bit tired, but I have got 20 minutes now. So I'm just going to give myself to, luckily I've only got 20 minutes. So I'm just, yeah. that, I don't, that's, you know, it's a short session. And I think we just get wired into that excuse mainframe um and this isn't some like hardcore message but i just like, i literally mean this because i, I think it's helpful for people and you've been the there best... with the lights going to the car park by the way because that would have been quite mm. easy to say to yourself oh the excuses are this this and that so you oh, that. exactly that so that's what i i think there's a, i can't, i think it's tim ferris who says this thing about the meat the extreme informs the mean so if you can take like one extreme end of the spectrum you probably find a lot of solutions for people in the middle mm. and that was kind of what my um like experiment i guess the ongoing experiment became in the end it's like well look if i can do this here what can you do with like you can actually get to the gym a few times a week or you're at home so you can prep your meals etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i think the biggest most cathartic thing you can do is just be honest with yourself about when you just can't be bothered because then you just you lose the excuses and don't hang any emotion on that. Don't be like, Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm lazy. Just be honest. Just be. And yeah. now when I, when I talk about motivation with people and I think people have this idea that motivation is this um, internal kind of tactile feeling that kind yeah. of get up and go where you're like, have the best session today like i'm going to fly through it and i think people think people like us in fitness are just wired that way mm. and that then becomes quite off-putting i think because yeah. then i think people start to believe oh yeah but i'm not wired like that yeah whereas you know as well as i do we're not wired like that either there's some days when the session we're different because we build it into our identities and it's part yeah. of what we do we build habits around it but you and i both know there's days when you're like oh mate really am i going to go through this yeah. right now yeah. so when i when i talk about motivations people i'm like just make a plan and build habits don't worry about the feeling yes make it yeah. make a plan that's going to enable you to just start and mm. for me in the car parks it was like i didn't think about working out yeah i didn't think i'm going outside and i'm going to do 200 push-ups and 300 kettlebell swings and 100 pull-ups i didn't think about that yeah. because that's then easy to go oh mate i don't want to do that what I just used to think about is the next step. Okay. I've made a coffee. Okay. I'm getting in a cold shower. 
okay kit on okay just walk outside to the van and just drive a little bit farther away from the hotel because once you're once you're away from that door you're like look i'm here now i might as well do something yeah and those those little steps they're easy to conquer they don't require any like feeling of motivation because you're just doing one thing i don't need to be motivated to put my socks on Mm. i just do it yeah but if i'm thinking if i'm thinking i'm putting my socks on to put my trainers on to go outside to do all of this work i might be put off so I think make a plan and just take it one step at a time. Yes, and not think too far ahead. Just do that yeah, first yeah, yeah. bit. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, if you get out there and you start and you get, you know, give yourself five minutes or whatever it is. But if you're 10, 15 minutes in and you're like, I'm really, I don't want to do this, then don't do it. Because all you do, or maybe not all the time, obviously, but yeah, don't teach yourself to lose. Don't teach yourself that every session is really hard and really tough because you'll end up hating it. Yeah. Give yourself permission to have some enjoyable ones. Give yourself permission to have somewhere you stop. You have to, I think the biggest thing to remember is this whole thing is a choice. We're choosing to do this. And that is such a privilege to even be able to. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, like to have the leisure time. And this is coming from someone who was working like 16 hours a day and I'm standing mm. like crap hotels. But even then I would, I had to reprogram myself to acknowledge how lucky, like, oh, I'm so lucky that I get to go out into this car park and do this thing. Like that's super cool. Yeah. And there's people, there's people that literally people that I'm working with who are in bed right now with like, I don't know, antiques roadshow on or whatever. And a, and a pot noodle are miserable. Yeah. And I'm, I'm privileged that, I actually ha- get to have this feeling of wanting to go out and, you know, get a little bit better. Uh, yeah. But I always just think when you're making plans like that, go through the motions one step at a time, but account for the account for the worst pos- possible version of yourself, not the worst, but like the, the laziest version of yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's what then that first step needs. And the first two or three steps need to be something that you'd be willing to do. Um, even at your absolute laziest. So when I'm yeah. when I'm trying to when I'm kind of putting together a, a bit a bigger sort of macro plan, yeah. I've got a big goal to work towards. I try and remember, like, on some of these days, you're going to be like, oh, I, I just want to watch Dragon Ball Z today. Yeah. I just want to stay on the couch and just watch cartoons. Mm. Think of that guy when you're writing your when you're thinking about get what you're started. Do. Yeah, definitely. How yeah. do I how do I get that guy off the couch? Not this guy right now. Not this guy right now who's so keen to do this all. Yeah, could do it all today because he's going to do it whatever. Like he's going to do it whatever because he's infused. But the the, the guy that's like, mm, yeah. what's going to get him started? And that's that small process. It's like that guy he can have a cup of coffee and jump in the shower in a cold shower because. Those things don't take much motivation, but you've got to account for him. And I think one of the biggest possibly mistakes people make uh, that I see is they try and change everything overnight. They try and become the end product. Yeah. So they, they're like, right, I'm going on my, something you see every year. It's like people yeah. like, I'm, you can see it on Facebook. I'm going on my health kick. Yeah. And then overnight they're trying to transition into some like monk like bodybuilder. <laughs> Aren't they? Like you see it. That's Nor- like- normally January, funny enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, January, like January the 3rd or whichever date it is when people go back to work. Um, and you'll see, you know, you'll go on your Facebook and you'll see people you know and they're posting, they've, or they've got their Tupperware out and they're like, meal prepped. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm all about this life now. And I, I think like you are 
hurtling towards a wall at 100 yeah. miles an hour at the moment. Like, slow yeah. down. We'll see you in two like, weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Like, and I get, I do get it because, and you know, in some ways, we're we're to blame because this is the culture we create. But it's because we're already the end product. Yeah, we're trying yes. to scrape out those x percentages at the end. Yeah, like I now for the for the. For, the, for Gen Pop, who like just wants to go in the healthy, just make small tweaks, yes. small sustainable tweaks to your lifestyle and build on that. But I guess what you do is what most people do is they look at what they want to be, they look at what that person does. Yeah. And they just they just want to close the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. And they can't see no, they don't have the privilege of um seeing that story retroactively. Like you and I can look back and go oh yeah, but I went for a shit patch here or all I did here, all I did here was like, you know, I just made sure, um, you know, I just, I just cut down on the sweets a little bit or I stopped snacking from petrol stations. It's little things like that. We see those little things. Whereas if you've never done anything like this before, you have no background or education in industry uh, or in fitness, all you see is the stuff I guess that people want you to see. Yeah, you see yeah. the ultimate, you see the best version. I go back and forward on this all the time because I don't really I don't post a lot of my food yeah. at all. Um all I tend to post is, you know, if I'm having a pizza, which is like super regularly, but this isn't like a this isn't like a cheat day thing. I'm not that I'm not that way inclined. No, it's just a but part I, of it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, mean I I do eat so I eat way too much pizza really probably um but then I get caught up and I'm like oh is this fair though is this fair that I do this because I can do this because I'm already at you know I'm at I'm you know for me I'm at like my genetic potential this is as good as I'm ever going to look I'm here um so undulating up and down from that isn't too big a deal however if I got into a position where I was you know my body composition wasn't where it is want, wanting yeah. to be i, I wouldn't be yeah yeah i wouldn't be eating pizza five nights a week yeah it might you know be how to manage yourself you're at the point where you mm. know how to manage yeah. where you're at it's just getting yeah. other people to get to that point isn't it in a way yeah um, i'll t- tell something so i'm gonna summarize your story and go back 16 year old obviously you've done a lot more sort of gym-based workouts in a way didn't you there wasn't wouldn't have been many compound exercises then would it, it would have been the fixed bench press and things like that am i right in saying uh it was pretty old school so everything yeah. was still there was still, you know we, the barbell work was still there but yeah there were, it was a lot of plate loaded machine work um yeah. in terms of my in terms of my actual training yeah i mean that's that's all we did there and it's so weird when i look back now it's like this 16 year old just starting out training training with all these enhanced guys doing yes. these super high volume high intensity workouts so you did not do a set that didn't end in a drop set or yeah, ended in negative. Yeah. I think yeah. it did. It's good in a way because it taught me a lot about um, intensity. Like yeah. when you're doing, uh, you know, incline dumbbells, and some twenty stone guy yeah. is just grabbing your elbows and throwing the dumbbells up and going one more, one more, yeah. one more, yeah. and you're like, I'm fu- I'm fucked. <laughs> 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 I'm going to drop them on my head. Yeah. That teaches you a lot about intensity. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as. Um, I guess now. Well, maybe now I'm quite niche, but general, generally over my whole fitness career, yeah, I would be much more, I guess you would say, strength and conditioning inclined. Yeah. Or f- functional, functional would be the word everyone recognises, like functionally inclined. Yes, yeah, because obviously it went from that, then it would have went to you losing your mojo where you would 
well, in a, you said you was you literally went where you weren't working out, and then you then that's when when you was doing the car park type of workouts. Mm. That is when you got creative and got more functional. Let me use that term. Yeah. And now you've kind of brought a lot more strength in with the functional stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I think that might just be a case of um, kind of kit availability. Obviously, yeah. uh, in terms of the strength work, I think one thing that did happen in the midst of that was kind of the rise and rise of CrossFit, which yeah. did um, as much. I've never really like identified as a CrossFit per se. I've, you know, I'm, I'm literally sitting in a CrossFit box now, and I have done CrossFit competitions. But I, you know, I am. I think my maybe my sights are a bit broader than that. Yeah. But that coming up, that did open up a lot of other options for people, yeah. I think, beyond. And it there was kind of, even though, so like the box model, the fact that it's called a box and not a gym is instantly, that's quite powerful. I think language is quite powerful. Yeah. And the yeah. idea there was that these boxes, as they sprung up once upon a time when Greg Glassman was in charge, that could be your, your garage, could be your box or this yes. small industrial unit. It didn't need to be a gym. Yeah. And I think look, seeing the rise and rise of that, um, you know, in that in the early two thousands and on, uh, kind of made me go like, okay, you know, that CrossFit is kind of. I always say it's the tide on which all ships have risen. Yeah. So, you know, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation without CrossFit because I probably wouldn't be where I am and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that that kind of then makes you look and go, okay, I can actually get some kettlebells. Mm and yeah. do this because these guys are doing like kettlebell push presses and i think i was lucky that i've got a reasonably analytical mind and i've done a lot of um, educational stuff with people like charles poliquin and stuff like that yeah. where we talk about talk about movement patterns instead of exercises yes. so yes. that was the, you know that's the biggest thing to me i say to people is to start looking at it in terms of movement patterns yeah. because then you free yourself up so the guy in the gym he's like oh you know i've got five sets of eight military press on my program but i don't have a barbell and you're like well do some handstand press up and yeah. if you can't if you can't you know the stimulus isn't always going to be the same but the movement pattern is the same yeah and if you can't make that um connection in your head yeah. you'll struggle but once i started making those connections that made training anywhere i was so easily and that that for me became the fun experiment i yeah. dig out that kind of revolutionized your style of training then <clears throat> it opened your eyes yeah, yeah. up a bit didn't it yeah, so I would look at, like, going back to Charles Wollequin, I would look at, like, okay, I've done German volume training in the past to great effect for me. Can I do this, like, travel lodge style? Okay, so let's look at the movements. Let's look at, obviously, I don't have, you know, GVT is very bodybuilding focused, so obviously I don't have all these machines. I don't have the selection of weights. How can I replicate the movement patterns? Right, okay, so I'm not, I have, can't do bench press. So I'm going to do weighted dips. I don't have a lat pull down, so I'm going to do ring pull-ups. Um, you know, I'm going to have to do kettlebell goblets, split squats and things like that, like break it down and, and figure out the way. And this has carried, I think this has actually carried through my entire life. So this for me was an amazing experience. This, this, mm. this applies to me outside of fitness in that it taught me that, you know, start where you are and use what you've got instead of just, and it goes back to that kind of excuses thing instead yeah. of just going, well, I, I can't do this because I haven't got this. Yeah. You just go, well, what, what have I got? And how will it let me do a version of this? Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a good way to get to the close-off part of this. Because like I said, I actually think we can talk all day. And already I've noted yeah. down some subjects we can spring off of this talk. So it's been absolutely fantastic. But for someone who's listened to this, do you want to leave some sort of inspirational quote or some sort of hook for someone who's listening on right now? 
meet people where they are if you're a fitness professional and if you're just someone looking to get into fitness meet yourself where you are and what i mean by that is don't try and go and become the person you want to become overnight and assume all of their traits and all their identities and if you're a coach don't try and make your client become i you know become you essentially yeah meet them where they are and find the version of it that works for them uh, like i said to you before we every day we're seeing new statistics about the you know the amount of adults in the uk who don't hit basic movement targets yeah. and that's not that's not exercise yeah. that's just movement like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that's going to keep you alive yeah and i think it's our job as as um, people in the fitness industry to maybe let's start demystifying it a bit and instead of you know, we all come out onto our platforms and I know I know we all want to present the best version of ourselves and we all want to say like, hey, I really know what I'm doing and I've got these ideas and I want you to see them, but temper that with let's not overcomplicate everything all of the time and let's make it clear to people that, look, you can just go out for a walk or you can just, you know, start riding your bike or you can do, um, you know, you can do some body weight circuits at home. Start yeah. there. You know, yes, we know what the optimal thing is to be doing. Yeah. And we're, we're, if you ask, we'll tell you. But optimal, uh, sustainable beats optimal when optimal isn't sustainable. Yeah. If you go out and you try and do 100% and you do it 0% of the time, it's yeah. completely pointless. Yeah. 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 That's a great quote to finish with as well. I like that one. I have to note that one down. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Can you send it to me, please? I'll <laughs> That's great. I mean, this is going to be on the Power Progress podcast. It's going to be released next Monday. So that'll be on there. And I'm also going to make this a premiere on YouTube on the Wednesday because I always bring out a different video on the Wednesday on YouTube as well. So, but it's, you know what? It's been amazing to have you, Andrew. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me, mate. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been a great start to my week. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, I'll let you go. I'm sure you're busy. And we'll catch up again. Catch up soon, dude. Bye. Bye.